Well, hello, good evening, and uh, welcome back, first of all, to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach, and welcome back again to our Wednesday night live Bible discussion. My name is Dave Nelson, and uh, far more importantly than my name, I hope tonight that I can get you to focus on the one who holds the name above all names, Jesus who is our Lord and Savior. I see we've got a few of you out there right now. The chat room is open, so if uh, you have a prayer request or something we can help you out with, I'd love to hear from you if you want to let us know where you're watching from. And uh, if you have any questions as it pertains to our discussion tonight, I'd be glad uh, to see if I can assist you with that as well. So we have, uh, I do see we have Isaac Chapel um, watching from Oregon, USA. Welcome back again, Isaac. It's good to have you here. Isaac says, I just wanted to throw out, what was that? I lost it real quick there. Uh, I just wanted to throw out there that the Bible study over Acts chapter 18 was excellent. Well, thank you, Isaac, and thank you for listening to our Bible studies. Greatly appreciate that you do that. Um, tonight, uh, our discussion will be based around the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 6, and kind of what I plan to do is, um, yeah, I might be able to say hello as we go along, but um, yeah, like I said, let us know where you're watching from, but what I plan to do is kind of go back and Look at the comments after I kind of go through a teaching here on Matthew chapter 6. But if you are in a position where you can do so, I strongly encourage you to follow along with me as I read the Bible here um, and open up your Bibles to chapter 6 of the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, it's really important that we read the Word to God, Word of God together, so... And like I said, I just encourage you to open up your Bibles there. Uh, we have Danica watching. Hello, Danica. She says, hi, fam. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's good to see you here. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump on in. And, and like I say, for those of you, let me just kind of repeat this. For those of you that um, are just kind of joining in with us here um, say hello, let us know where you're watching from, but also if you have any prayer requests, something that we can pray for you about tonight, we'd love to do so. Or if you have any questions as it pertains um, to um, the Bible study that we're doing, at the end, I'm going to go back and take a, a look at all the comments. So kind of repeat it myself there, but I know some a few of you just jumped on some more here. So Matthew chapter 6. And if you hear, if you have a Bible that is referred to as a red letter edition, then you will see that the words that we are going to read tonight um, are written in red print. And that is because they are the words of Jesus himself. So I'm actually going to read starting in, down in verse 19 tonight. This is something that was just heavily on my heart this morning. Um, so that's kind of why I'm going on this particular topic here. It says in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. 
But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, like I said, this is something that was just heavily on my heart this morning for personal reasons and uh, went through and read it. So I decided, you know, this will be a good topic to talk about tonight on our Wednesday Night Live. So in what we are reading here, Jesus is directing our attention toward heavenly things. And the word heaven that you see there in verse 20 is in the original Greek of our New Testament. The New Testament was written originally in Greek. It's the word uranos, okay, uranos. And it simply speaks of things above, high above earthly things, especially in the abode of God, right? So Jesus is simply wanting us to focus our hearts not only on the temporary things of this earth, which is so easy to do that, right? That comes easily. But not on the temporary things, like he says, where moth and rust can destroy, right? Like material things and things like that. But rather, he wants us to be sure that we focus our lives on things that have a far greater value. And that is the inward things of our soul, our innermost being our hearts, as we often see it referred to in scripture, right? And we'll see that more as we read on here, and I'll discuss that more. But Jesus goes on in verse 22 and says that the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light is that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness, Jesus says. So let's break those two verses down for a few moments here. So again, verse 22 starts out by saying that the lamp of the body is the eye. So what does a lamp do in a room? What does a lamp do to the room? It lights up the room, right? And Jesus is saying that this is what your eye is to the body. It's a source of light, can be, right? A source of light. And he says that if your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. Light represents good from a biblical standpoint, and darkness represents bad often in the Bible, right? And if your eye, which again is like a lamp, is focused on the bad things, then your body will be full of bad things. Now, we can spend all night talking about, well, what are bad things? And I'm not just talking about what is evil, but just the things that kind of distract you and kind of take away from your walking with the Lord and your focus on Him, right? So, your innermost being, your soul, your thoughts, your emotions, you know, they'll be dark and you'll be grumpy or you'll be sad and you can even be depressed if you're focused on negative things, bad things constantly, right? But on the other hand, if your eye, right, that is your focus, that which you're focused on, that which you put your attention to, if it's on good things, well, then your soul will be full of light, okay? Very simple teaching here from Jesus. You will find yourself having things, if you're focused on what's good, you'll find yourself having things like joy and peace, contentment, hope, love, and, and things that are along those lines, right? This is what Jesus is teaching us here. So again, we treasure what is good, 
when we focus on what is good. We say, this is what we treasure. This is what we pay attention to, right? And the scripture tells us to think on things that are good and lovely and just and of good report, virtuous things. So it's this very important. And this is what Jesus is teaching us here, right? Then in verse 24, Jesus goes on to say, no one can serve two masters, he says, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, that word mammon there in verse 24 is the Greek word mamosnas, okay, mamosnas. And it's not too far from the, the way we pronounce it in English, right? Mamosnas. And it's a word that we can best translate in today's society with the word money, right? Because it really, it represents wealth or that which one treasures as a material thing, okay? That's what that word represents. And Jesus is saying here that this will take away our peace, our joy, if we focus on it as our master, the material things of this world, right? And, you know, and not only the material things of this world, but again, those things that are just constantly negative, maybe things that you're putting in your mind as you're watching the news or reading this or that or watching this or that, right? We have to be careful because things can begin to dominate us and become like a master to us. And I think if all of us can be truly honest with ourselves, myself included, we can all fall victim to this very easily if we're not careful and we can find ourselves down a path where, man, we are getting depressed or we are battling with anxiety or we do have this or that going on, right? Again, been there, done that, right? If we allow ourselves to, you know, buy this or buy that or, you know, to want more of this or to want more of that, then we can, we can find ourselves ending up as a servant to, or focused on the wrong things, okay? And we're drifted down some path where we really got off track and we're getting away from the Lord and maybe we feel dry or maybe if you're new to the Lord or you've not even come to the Lord in your life, maybe you're just to that point in your life where just from everyday life, you've got a lot of stress on you and things beat you up. Again, I'm not pointing any fingers with this because this happens very easily to me, very easily to me. When, you know, things around you start to get chaotic, you, you begin to focus on it. And, and then you got to just kind of wake yourself up, shake yourself up and say, wait a minute, who is my master? And for those of you that have given your life to Christ and you're a follower of Jesus, then he is your master. He is your Lord. And we need to be surrendered to him and constantly reminded of this kind of thing. But we can all fall into that earthly trap, though, the, the worldly trap of needing certain things or thinking we need certain things or just focused on those negative things. Maybe we think we need a certain kind of car, a certain size house, a, a high quality you know, set of furniture or more expensive gadgets and all of that kind of stuff, right? When in reality, we can have all these types of things on a lesser scale and they don't have to be our master. We don't have to overdo it. We don't have to put ourselves in debt because we're chasing after greed, right? Wanting more, right? And this is how many people wind up 
in so much debt today. And then what happens is they become a slave. They become a slave to that credit card, to that MasterCard, right? And they become a slave to the lender. And the Lord doesn't want us there. And that's what he's teaching us here. And we're going to see that more as we finish out the rest of this chapter here tonight. But I want you to pay attention to here, though, to that, to what Jesus is teaching. Because he's not saying that there's no need of things in this world, like the temporary things of this world. Yeah, the things that are going to perish. It's not like we don't have any need for these things, because he knows we, we do. And, and we'll see that as we go along here. But what Jesus is saying is don't let those things be your master. Don't give yourself to that. And again, it, it may be the material things we buy, the way we spend our money, or it just may be our love for the things of this world, you know, where maybe, maybe your work can even become your master, your job, and you get so stressed out by it, and you, don't, you find yourself not having that peace and that joy that the Lord desires for us to have, okay? We should have one master only, and that is the Lord our God. It's no card should master us right? You know, the things of this world and all the stuff you see on the news and all of this bad news, we do seem to live in a world today where more and more what the Bible defines as evil, what God defines as evil is being called good. And that which is good is being called evil, okay? And if we're not careful, we can get bogged down by that and not realize that, no, God has a plan for our lives as individually, as individuals, excuse me, God cares for you as an individual, and he wants us to submit our lives entirely and wholly and completely to him. He wants us to rest in him. He wants us to trust in him. Let me just pause real quick and take a look at the comments. So Danica, again, from Arizona, the AZ Copa, that's Maricopa, Arizona, um, Isaac's here from Oregon, Jay Halstead, watching from Gettysburg. Thank you for being here. Good to see you all. Gwen Halstead from Gettysburg as well. Um, Isaac says, there are so many diamonds in chapter six. Amen. I find myself coming back to chapter six, just like I did this morning in my own life, chapter six of Matthew, that is, and constantly having to re-encourage myself and you know, again, because we go through things, we get bogged down, we get heavy laden, right? And Jesus said, come unto me. He calls us unto him. He said, come unto me, all of you who are weary, right? Burdened and heavy laden, he says, and he'll give us rest. He gives us rest for our souls, okay? But again, like I said earlier, as I'm talking about all this stuff, and really whenever I teach, I'm quick to let everyone know that, I'm the first one to stand up and say, hey, we all, I battle with this. Everyone battles with these kind of things, right? It's not an easy life when you do not chase after the world, right? When you're not focused on the world. The world may come easy to you if you'll sell your soul for the world. That is, you'll just give up, you know, your joy, your peace, your hope, your faith. All of the things that the Spirit of the Lord wants you to have, the, the world might come easy to you, but you'll find yourself bogged down, depressed, 
maybe on medications and things like that for it. But again, no, no, no shame to that. If you have to be on medications for that, this is the way this happens to everybody, right? We, we all struggle in many ways, but what we do when we gather like this, the purpose of this is to encourage each other and to exhort each other, not to condemn God. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. John three seventeen tells us, right? So, so the do this kind of life though that Jesus is prescribing here that we that we're reading about, it requires walking by faith. And that's it, folks. I mean, that's the simplicity of it. You've heard me say this plenty of times before. The scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he says that that those who come to him must first believe that he is. And that is a re- that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So all of this is by faith. But we read the word of God. We gather like this. We encourage one another like this so we can increase our faith or build our faith. Or maybe it's you're just beginning to lay a foundation of faith. Or maybe you're curious and you, you know nothing about this kind of faith. But, but we all can come to the word of God to find this kind of stuff out, right? And there we will all go through periods in our lives where our faith is being challenged, right? But while your faith is being challenged, what is happening? It is making you stronger. Okay, now you may remember a few months back on a Wednesday night, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was a while ago on a Wednesday night, we talked about Jesus being on the boat with his disciples and they were out on the water and there was a storm and they were tossed violently to and fro and the disciples were panicking and freaking out and they're waking up Jesus and saying, how can you be sleeping? You know, don't you care, Lord, about what's going on? We're perishing here, right? How can you be sleeping at such a time like this? And when you choose to make the Lord your master and you you get in the boat with Jesus or you allow Jesus in your boat, whichever way you want to look at it, and you're not focused on the things of this world and you're not going in the same direction that everyone else is going because you began to now look up, you began now to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Well, you're not letting mammon You know, the wealth and the treasures of this world be your aim. Uh, You're not letting it be your master. Well, it can be hard because you don't have a line of credit readily available to you, right? To get you out of the things that you want because you've chosen not to go in that direction, right? Maybe you've chosen to take your eyes off the world. Well, it's hard. And sometimes even as one who yields to the Lord and master, I often find that within myself, I'm going through periods of time where I'm saying, Lord, are you sleeping? <laughs> Wake up. I'm about to perish. I'm going down. That's a bit of exaggeration, right? But sometimes you feel that way. Sometimes you feel like you're struggling with things in life and you're just saying, where are you, Lord? But it's during those period of periods of time where he's strengthening you. And, and, and you know what? I know better. You know, for for 37 years now, right around 37 years, I've been following the Lord as my master, right? And every time something comes where there's a storm and it feels like things are crashing and you begin, and I begin, let me say, begin to worry or get anxious or whatever, 
you always look back and you always say, just like the story with the boat, he got you to the other side. He pulled you through it. He was always there. He was always available and he always took you through it. But he kind of lets the winds and the way the wind and the waves go wild sometimes. There's a song I'm just coming to me. I don't know if I remember the words. It's an old song, probably from the nineties. Uh sometimes it says sometimes that he calms the storm and other times he calms his child, right? Sometimes he lets the the winds and the wind and the waves go wild, right, in your life. But he'll always calm you. And he'll, and if you allow it, if you'll just continue to rest in him, you'll continue to, to trust in him, he will strengthen you through this. That's what faith is, right? So he allows us to go through the storms of life. And when we have, again, when we have fought our way through that difficult time, we end up coming out on the other side with a different perspective, maybe an enlightened perspective, right? With a stronger faith in the Lord. And that's what life in Christ is all about. You know, it's easy sometimes, like, and maybe if you were led to the Lord and or you heard in such a way that everything was going to be always coming up roses and everything was always going to be good in your life when you come to the Lord. Yes, all things work together for good, but sometimes the, all those things that are working together are struggles and trials and testing of your faith that you're going through. Oops, clicked on the wrong thing here. Hopefully you guys are still there. I just accidentally hit something. Yep, looks like you're all still there. Um, hello to David M. Nelson. That sounds like my son's name. Hey, David. David's watching from Apache Junction. And uh, Isaac says hello to you. Hopefully you all are seeing each other's comments out there. Isaac from Oregon saying hello to you, David. But anyway, so um, now I want to read a scripture to you now as I'm talking about kind of where I just went with this, right? I want to read a scripture to you from the New Testament book of James chapter one. And if you want, like I said, it's important that you follow along if you can. I want to have you go ahead and turn there. Um, James chapter one is toward the back of your Bible after the book of Hebrews. Um, if you hit first or second Peter, you missed it. Back up. You went too far. But I want you to find James chapter one here. And uh, I'm going to start reading uh, in verse two. Kind of skip the introduction there. That's in verse one of James chapter one. But in verse two, it simply says this. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now pay attention there to what that says in verse two, because this is not an if statement. In other words, it does not say if you fall into various trials, but rather it says when you fall into various trials. So there are things that try our souls. There are things that test our patience, test our hopes, right? And, and test our faith. Things that can and do discourage us. Things that can and do depress us at times, right? Things that happen in this world that can break our hearts. A loss of a loved one. A loss of someone, something that you love, right? 
but God cares about the things that are going on within us. And he wants to use these things for us to draw nearer to him. That's why it says, count it all joy when you go through this, right? He's working something within us that's of a far greater value than our outward circumstances. More often than not, we tend to just focus on outward things, right? That's the easiest thing to do. It's the most simplest thing to do. Seeing is believing type thing, right? But God cares so much about the strength of our our souls, our inward being. And I know I harp on this a lot, because, but it's important that we remind ourselves of these kind of things. And he allows these tests in our lives to draw us deeper into a relationship in, with him so that we'll become more like him and that we'll have all the strength that we need for the future trials when, not if, but when they come. It's like resistance training, right, and weightlifting. The more, you, the more you stick with it, the stronger you're going to get. But it's no fun when the weight's coming down on your chest, right? You got to push it back up. And that's how we stay the faith. That's how we stay the course of faith, right? James chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Isaac, Oh, um, yeah, James, we're in, uh, or Isaac, we're in James chapter 1, verse 2. And I'll read verse 2 again. Um my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, here we go, produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So do you see that? Yes, indeed, God allows trials. But the end goal is what? That we become complete. And we're not lacking in the strength of our souls. God does not care about the material things of this world as much as he cares about the things of our souls. That's the primary focus. Now, God will provide, and God does provide. And I've seen that over all the years, that God does provide our needs, okay? But the focus the primary thing, the way that we, the way that we stay the course of faith, the way that we press on in hope, the way that we get through trials is by fixing our eyes, not on things of this earth, but on things above. Okay. And as we turn back to Matthew chapter six, hopefully you marked that page back to the first uh, book of the new Testament, Matthew chapter six, down in verse 25. Jesus goes on and he says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So Jesus implies here that, yes, indeed, life is far more than just food and drink and clothing. The things of the soul, like faith, hope, love, peace, patience, and joy, they're of far greater value, that inward thing, 
right? Life is far more than, than what you're striving after or what's bogging you down or what's making you depressed. Jesus now directs our attention to the things around us in God's creation in verse 26. And he says, look at the birds of the air. Notice what Jesus says there. He says, look. In other words, pay attention to focus. Remember, he said the lamp of the body is the eye. If the eye is is good, the, the body will be full of light, Jesus said, right? So we need to look. We need to start paying attention to the simple things that God wants us to pay attention to. We need to fix our eyes on the things of God. And Jesus points us here to focus for a moment to direct our hearts here toward creation. He says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. So in other words, right, the birds from what we can tell don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from or store up for the future. Yes, they they do have to get up out of their nest, right? They can't just sit around. They got to get up every morning and do something, go fly around and find some place to go. But as long as they do their part, they, just like us, can trust that God will do his part in providing our needs. We put forth the effort, but the provision comes from God. The bird's provision comes from the creation of God. And if we are wise and we take the time to think about it, we will realize that all that we have comes from the hand of God. There's nothing man-made that didn't come from something God made. And guess what? We are more important to God than the birds of the air. And Jesus says again, look, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they, he says? And of course, the implied answer to that question is a resounding yes. You are, we are more valuable to the Father than they are. Now, Jesus is going to get deeper with us here in verse 27. He says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? 18 inches thereabouts, right? You ain't going to get 18 inches taller or whatever. This might be a worry of like a 14-year-old you know, who wants to get taller or whatever. But Jesus is, is saying, what he's saying here is, does worry change anything besides us on the inside? besides eating us up, besides changing our mood and, and maybe even decaying our health. And Jesus says, we don't need to do it. He says in verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So the beauty of God's creation is amazing. Right, a little over a week ago or so, I don't remember when it was, my wife and I went out with our couple of our kids and grandkids to look at all the wildflowers that are in boom and bloom on the mountainsides around the valley here. And the beauty of creation is everywhere, and it does indeed do good to your soul to get out and to have a look at it from time to time. But Jesus's point here is focus. 
What are you focusing on? He's asking us if we realize the value of our lives in the eyes of our Father. And he goes on and says, Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And that's a struggle, isn't it? Sometimes we find our faith is weak. But again, what's the answer to a weak faith? Go through a hard time and keep trusting in the Lord and watch him work and watch him get you to the other side and take care of you. May not always be the way you want it to be, right? Everybody would love it. We would all love it if everything would just come up roses and we're just floating on a cloud and everything's smooth and easy, but you don't get any stronger that way. So Jesus says in verse 31, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And we can add a whole bunch to that list, can't we, of the things we sometimes worry about. Not just what we eat or drink or what we wear, but are we going to be able to pay for the house? Are we going to be able to buy gas? Are we going to be able to pay the electric bill? All of these different things that we can worry about. Well, do I have my job tomorrow? You know, all of these things, right? But Jesus is, again, he's trying, he's not beating us up here. He's lovingly reaching out. And he, but he says in verse 32, though, he says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, but he says, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. Remember, I said that earlier. It's not like we don't need these things and God knows it. Now, but when Jesus uses the term Gentiles there, he's speaking of those that are not of the family of God. That is those that haven't come to faith in God. Those that aren't walking with God by faith. That's just the terminology used there. And I can do a much deeper study on that. And if you want, you can do a much deeper study of that on your own. But I want to stick to the point here that Jesus is telling us as believers that we don't have to make the things of this world our master like the unbelievers need to do because they have no hope. They don't have a, a father that they're submitting to and, and a Lord that they're submitting to as their master, right? But again, God cares more about who we are on the inside than who we are without, right? Who we are within than who we are without, okay? Again, unbelievers have to focus on the things of this world because those things are their masters. And if you've not come to the Lord, then yeah, maybe this is hard for you to understand what it is to trust in the Lord. But I'm telling you, he's trustworthy. And I'm telling you, you can come to him and you can begin to strengthen your faith and begin to walk with him. You know, so... But we have to be careful not to let what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, the status symbol of a house or cars or bank accounts and such, we got to be careful not to let that distract us because Jesus is pointing out here, that's the way of the unbeliever. You don't have to worry about this. Mankind, though, without their focus being on God, tends to look at the outward appearance. But God is looking at the heart. And it's oh so easy, like I mentioned earlier, to get distracted 
by this life and find ourselves losing our peace, losing our hope, losing our joy, and all of those inward things of the soul that the Lord wants us to experience and to know. All right, and, and trust me, when I say it's easy to get distracted, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, I'm speaking from experience. It gets hard sometimes when you go through certain situations and trials. But God cares. He knows what we have need of before we even ask, but he wants us to ask. He wants us to seek him. And he wants us to just make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing. And maybe sometimes we have to pause and reevaluate what's been the main thing in my life. What has got me so torn up? What has got me so distracted? What is it? What's been the main thing? In other words, what's been the focus? Sometimes we have to adjust that and, and seek the Lord even further. Jesus gives us the answer, though, in verse 33, and he says, but seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, make that your priority, excuse me, and his righteousness, he says, and all these things will be added unto you. What things? Well, all the things that you need that the Father knows you have need of. But there's a difference in what the Father knows we have need of and the things that we often think we have need of, which really looks a little bit more like greed, like where we want more of what we don't really need or something better than what we already have. But God calls us to a life of simplicity, just trusting in Him and hoping in Him. In Romans chapter 14, you know what? I'll go ahead and have you turn there. Romans, uh, yeah, Romans chapter 14. Um, it's to the right of where we are in the book of Matthew now. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. If you hit 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you went too far. But go ahead and turn to, and let me get it up here. Um, Romans chapter 14. And uh, let me see here. Yeah, Romans 14, verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God, okay, remember what Jesus just said, seek first the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about tonight, right? Inward things, righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness comes from within. Peace comes from within. Joy comes from within. And this is all a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So again, I'll read it to you again. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Remember Jesus said, take no thought for what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, what you put on, all that kind of stuff right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So the kingdom of God is not, is, not, is not eating and drinking. It's not what it's about. It's not about getting wealthy. It's not about having riches and having more things. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? And th again, this is a result of being filled with the Spirit, being spiritually minded, fixing our eyes on spiritual things, right? Things that really matter, the inward things, when I talk about spiritual things, right? 
I'm talking about things like joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, self-control, that person that we are from within, right? Where we have our, uh, you know, our thoughts are focused on the eye of our soul, right? The lamp to the body, we're focused on what is good. We're focused on the kingdom of God. I just wanted to read that verse to you, have you look at it in Romans. Go ahead and jump back to Matthew chapter six. Should, I should have told you to mark that page. Hopefully you are. But Matthew chapter six, I'll read again, verse 33. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So do you see how it all ties together? Jesus says, do, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Jesus does not deny the reality of trouble. The Bible as a whole does not deny the reality of trials and tribulations in this life. Heartbreak, things that can come to, to break your heart. You know, things that happen in this life but we can turn our eyes upon Jesus as our source of hope and our source of comfort, right? We make that our priority. We're seeking the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world, not the way of this world, but the way of God. And what Jesus is telling us is we can trust in God's provision and focus on today, right? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, he says. And there's only one master for us to serve. And that's Jesus. And we must love our master above all else. We must worship him. We do so by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Worship ain't about feeling. It's about faith. All right, we focus our souls on him. That is, we give all the attention of our mind, our will, our emotions and we make him the top priority in the way that we live day by day. And it truly is one day at a time, All right? We just live that day one day at a time. You've heard me quote this song before, many things about tomorrow that I will not understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. That's where we need to be, just trusting in the Lord. So I wanted to encourage you with that tonight. And I'll go back and look at the um, comments here. And if you have anything else you'd like to comment or any, like I said, if you have a prayer request, something we can pray for you about, um, we'd love to do it. Uh, as I always mention, I've got like a 30 second delay between what I'm saying and what you're hearing. So I'll give it a minute here just to check the comments and, and see if you want to chime in or say anything else. Otherwise, I will wrap it up in prayer, but I'd love to stay on. And like I say, if you have any prayer requests, love to pray for you before we do go off the air here. So, um, yeah, I think I've pretty much seen all these comments. Uh, oh, Isaac is saying, let's see, will this fit on my screen if I add it to the broadcast? I think that verse 29 back in Matthew has underlined meaning when you read First Kings and about the abundance of Solomon's wealth and success, yet a single flower is more decorated and adorned than him. Amen. 
I mean, yes, Solomon was known as a very wealthy man, the wealthiest man of all time, I think even by today's standards. And um, yeah, he wasn't arrayed, you know, as, as beautiful as a lily of the field. In other words, God's creation and what God has done, you know, is so wonderful, so splendid, so intricate, so beautiful. All right, but yet, what does the world want to do with God's creation? It wants to take the attention off of it and say it, it wasn't creation. It, all of this beauty and all of the splendor and all of this wonder of creation all just happened through a big bang because the world wants to distract us from God. Satan is the God of this age, the scripture says, and he blinds the minds of people so they don't, lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine on them. He wants you down. He wants you depressed. He wants you discouraged. But God wants to strengthen you and give you a hope and a future. And all we have to do, again, is look at the beauty of creation and say, yep, there's this God. How can I know him? And you can spend your life trying to figure out how can you know this God of all creation, this God of all power, or you can just come to the realization that he came to know us. He became flesh. Scripture says in John chapter one, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, that is mankind, not you or I, we didn't see Jesus, but mankind beheld the glory as the only begotten son of God, full of grace and truth. And that's what God's offering us, grace and truth. So we can buy the lies of the world or we can come to the truth of God that is in Jesus Christ through the grace of God that is in Jesus Christ. In other words, none of us deserved for God to become flesh and dwell among us. And especially none of us deserved that he would go to the cross and die. And we have Easter Sunday coming up when praise God, he didn't remain dead. He rose again from the dead. It is the resurrection. That's the good news. That's kind of the main event of it all. But God was reconciling the world, the scripture says, to himself through Jesus Christ. And God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm giving you the gospel now, but I'm really directing your attention to Jesus. And all of us, whether you've come to that place in your life or not, you know, if you've already come to Jesus, we need to be reminded of who Jesus is constantly. That's why we read the word of God. I'll never stop teaching the word of God until my last breath. Because even if I just teach myself, I need it. I need it. I need the word of God. I need that encouragement. I need that strength. And I need to know that I need to persevere in the faith. And we all do. So thank you for commenting. Thank you for being with us. Isaac says, amen. Looking forward to Resurrection Sunday. So I will go ahead and I don't see any other comments coming in, but thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching whichever the case may be. If you feel so inclined to do so, remember to like, to share, to subscribe. We're on YouTube. Um, we have Instagram, Facebook. We have our website, aloveoutreach.com. You know, all of our teachings are available there. Um, and we're also on 
all the podcast platforms that are out there in audio format, Spotify, Amazon Music, all of that kind of stuff. If you want to share, you know, that with others. But God bless you. Again, thanks for watching. Let's go ahead and I'm going to close in prayer. Lord God, thank you for this day, God. This is the day that you have made. Therefore, we can rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Lord, that you have not left us comfortless. You have not left us without hope. You have not left us alone, Lord, but you have given us your Holy Spirit, and we thank you for that. We thank you for your guidance and direction. And Lord, I remember in prayer right now, my nephew's uh, pop-up, his grandfather, John, um, who is very ill, and I believe soon to be you know, your will be done in that, Lord. I don't know exactly, Lord, but I just pray for comfort for John and peace and comfort for the family, uh, those that love him, that their hearts would be comforted, Lord. And yes, ultimately, Lord, it'd be good to see healing. But Lord, we all know that we take our journey through this life and we're all headed in the same direction, Lord, to, the, to one day have to bow the knee to you, so, Lord, I just lift that circumstance and that situation up to that family, for that family, Lord, and for Colin, Lord, for those that love John, Lord, that you would comfort them through this trial, through this difficult time in their lives, Lord. Again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you have given us the Bible, your word. And we pray, Lord, as we go, continue to go through this week, Lord, that we can grow in the grace and in the knowledge of you. So we give you all this and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name, amen. So God bless everybody. Happy Resurrection Sunday to you all. Happy Easter, whichever you'd like to call it. It's all about the same thing. It's all about Jesus. Um, that's another thing, right? We can be distracted by what the world makes some of these holidays about. And, um, you know, I just like to point people to Jesus. You know, it's a, it's a good time to gather as a family, have, you know, sup together. And, um, but it's also a good time to focus your attention, readdress maybe what you are focused on in life, like I said earlier, and fix your eyes on Jesus. He is alive. He is risen indeed, and by his spirit, he wants to work in your life. So, <clears throat> losing my voice, so I'll let you guys go, and until next time, God bless.